22 Tishrei, Chav Be'ez Tishrei, Tzadik, his life, 23, 126. There were three other set times in the year when the Rebbe regularly gave a lesson. Each winter he would travel once to Cherin and once to Tiravitsa. On these occasions he would give his lesson at the third Shabbat meal. These visits were on Shabbat Shira and one other Shabbat. The Rebbe also used to travel there during the summer, but he would give only one discourse. This would be in Shirin on Shabbat Nachamu. Thus, there were three fixed occasions at home and three elsewhere that he would give regular Torah discourses. Aside from these occasions, he had no other fixed time for delivering discourses. He never used to join us for the third Shabbat meal at all, except for the Shabbatot I have mentioned. The rest of the year, he would always make the third meal alone in his room. Nevertheless, we did hear many lessons from him throughout the year, only it was never at a fixed time. Any moment at all could become an opportunity for God to make us worthy of hearing the most extraordinary lessons from his lips. Sometimes it might be a Friday night or on a Shabbat morning, or after the departure of the Shabbat, after Havdalah. Other times it would be during the week. Many times it happened that following on from his conversations with us about worldly matters, current developments, and so on, for he used, used to talk to us about these things a great deal, and we, for our part, would say whatever came to our lips. We would hear from him many Torah teachings, and the teachings were linked with everything we had been talking about. This happened very regularly. Finally, we began to see with our own eyes that everything he said was entirely Torah, even his everyday conversations. Whenever we paid careful attention to what he was saying, we would see that his every word contained extraordinary teachings. In the end, we started writing down quite a few of his conversations, but less than a tiny fraction was recorded. Happy the time, happy the hour, happy the moment that we were worthy of standing before him and hearing his words. Would that we could have one hour like that now. We would roll through the mud for thousands of miles to be worthy of coming before him to hear words from his holy lips for they were exalted above all holiness. Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, his pilgrimage, too. The Rebbe said, Whoever knows why the land of Israel was first in the hand of the Canaanites and only later settled by the Jews, knows why I journeyed to Kamenetz before traveling to the Holy Land. 3. The journey to Kamenetz was a great mystery. Everyone had his own explanation, some praising the Rebbe and others doing the opposite. But they were all wrong. Even those who saw good in this journey did not come close to understanding its true purpose. The Rebbe revealed some hint of his purpose to his close followers, but even though they knew a little, they did not fully comprehend his purpose. Once he made a clever remark about this, saying that people constantly mislead themselves regarding everything he does. 4. There were some who said that the Rebbe went to Kamenetz to find some hidden writings of the Baal Shem Tov, it was said that the Baal Shem Tov had enclosed some of his writings in a stone, and there was a rumor that it was hidden in Kamenetz. Some said this was the purpose of the Rebbe's journey. The Rebbe ridiculed this. He said, I did not go for that reason. If I needed those writings, they would bring them to my house. But I have no need for them at all. The Aleph Bet Book Faith B. 12. Corruption of faith gives rise to stern judgment. Thoughts of idolatry awaken doubly strict judgments. That is, even the judgments that have already been issued 
are reviewed to ensure that they were properly issued without leniency. 13. A person suffers childlessness, God forbid, when he causes another to fall from faith. 14. When a woman is heedful of the mitzvah of challah, her sons will be masters of faith. 15. Faith settles the mind. 16. Torah brings to faith, and faith brings to sanctifying the name of God. 17. A person who finds that he cannot sleep should think about his belief in the resurrection of the dead. 18. Those with only a small measure of faith have difficulty gaining new insights into the Torah. Kitzur Lukutei Moharan 1, Lesson number 9, The Deeps Covered Them, Exodus 15, 5. 1. A person receives vitality primarily through prayer. Therefore, one must pray with all his energy, so that his energy enters the letters of the words of the prayers and is rejuvenated there. In this way, he attains faith. 2. A man's relationship with his wife, as well as his livelihood, are both determined by the quality of his prayer. Therefore, by praying with energy, a person merits to have a good marriage and livelihood. 3. When a person's prayer reaches perfection, it supplies vitality to all three parts of the universe, the lower physical world, the world of the stars, and the world of the angels. 4. When a person is about to pray, extraneous thoughts and impure forces come to him and surround him, so that he remains in darkness and is unable to pray. The best measure against this is to make certain to say the words of the prayers honestly. Then, those words that leave your mouth in sincerity will cleave an opening for you in the darkness where you are trapped, and you will merit to pray well. Understand this point very well, because it is a fundamental rule and foundation in all facets of the service of God, and everything depends on this. Even if a person is sunken, God forbid, in the deepest darkness and spiritual impurity, and he is imprisoned and enclosed within layer on layer of them surrounding him on every side, and they do not allow him to draw close to holiness. His primary means of rectification is simply to orient himself toward the truth. He must fix his eyes on the absolute truth and seek nothing but the truth. Similarly, in his prayers, even though he cannot pray at all because of the deep darkness that surrounds him, he should nonetheless be certain just to speak his words honestly, however low a level this may be. For example, he might say truthfully, God, save me. And even though he can't, cannot even say that with the appropriate enthusiasm and arousal, he should nevertheless force himself to at least say the words sincerely and simply, according to who he is. Then he will merit to see the openings in the darkness. For if a person sincerely desires the truth, there is no darkness in the world that can obscure it for him because truth is the light of God himself. While falsehood drives away God's light, so to speak, since one who speaks falsehood will not stand in God's sight, see Psalms 101.7, with truth, the Holy One blessed be he abides with a person. God's greatest desire is solely for truth, and according to the level of truth that a person has, so does the Holy One abide with him and illuminate for him a way out of the darkness and the impure forces that are preventing him from his prayers and devotions. Through this method, 
the truth will shine its light for a person so that he will be able to pray with God's great kindness and in turn he will rectify and sustain all the worlds. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The King and the Emperor Then they sighted an island and drew near to it. There were twelve pirates on the island and they wanted to kill the women. Who is the greatest among you? asked the emperor's daughter. When they pointed him out, she asked him, What is your occupation? He told her that they were pirates. We are also pirates, she replied. You rob with your strength, but we rob with cleverness. We know languages and music. What will you gain if you kill us? Better marry us, then, in addition to our wealth, you will also have wives. The emperor's daughter showed the pirates everything that was on the ship. Taken in by her words, the pirates also showed the women all their wealth taking them to all their hiding places. They also agreed that they would not all get married at the same time, but one after another. The pirates would not have a mass wedding, but would get married one after the other. Also, each one would pick out the lady most suitable for him, with the leaders getting first choice. Restore my soul. Likutei Moharan. 46. Everyone in the world derives his life from the Torah the simple and the sinners, even the Gentile nations of the world. For everyone, the source of life lies in the Torah. You may be someone who, for a particular reason, is completely unable to study the Torah. It could be that you find yourself in a situation that will not allow you to learn. You should know that your life source is still in the Torah. Even when a person is forced to neglect the Torah, even if he is not able to learn, he should strengthen himself as much as possible in the fear of heaven. It is through the great tzaddik that the world draws life from the concealed Torah. At times, such a tzaddik may himself lead a perfectly simple life. Likutei Muharan 2, Lesson 78 47. Through the true tzaddik, there is hope even for a person who has fallen to the lowest pit of hell. Through the hand of the tzaddik, Every person, in every situation, is able to draw life from the holy. Despair is totally ruled out. Wherever you have fallen, strengthen yourself in whatever way you can. There is still hope that you can return to God. From the belly of hell I cried out. Jonah 2.3 Even the cry from the lowest pit of hell is never lost. Cry and cry, but don't despair. You must cry and beg before God all the time until, in the end, God will look down upon you from heaven. Likutei Moharan 2, Lesson 78 48. Even in the lowest pit of hell, we can become close to God. Likutei Moharan 2, Lesson 112 49. If you can believe you can break something, have faith that you can repair it. Likutei Moharan 2, Lesson 112. Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 1. Letter number 13. With God's help, Sunday, Masay, 23 Tamas 5585, Shireen. Greetings to my honored and beloved friend, Reb Naftali. May his light shine. Mazaltov. With God's help, she accepted the bill of divorce a week ago last Wednesday, Torah reading Pinchas in Medvedevka. May it be his will that it turn out to be well. May God soon send my son, may he live, a suitable wife, a wife with whom he will become a truly religious and righteous Jew. This is all I desire. 
God will do what is good. Greetings to my dear son, apple of my eye, Rabbi Yitzchak, may his light shine. I told you everything above. May God help you and grant you true and eternal success from now on. You should know, my beloved son, that it was only after much toil, struggle, suffering, doubts, and indecision that I finally concluded this matter and got her to agree to the divorce. Many tears have fallen, as I will, God willing, elaborate when we meet. Had it not been for God's help, an immediate solution would not have been possible. What great kindness and miracles God showed me during this time, that I could conclude this properly. I will tell you some details later, God willing. All this pain and trouble I endured only to save you, in the hope that I would see your true eternal happiness, when you will walk the straight path that our holy Rebbe showed us. So take heart, my son, and be strong. Do not forget all that God has done for you so far. Brace yourself and keep a grip on your thoughts. Do not allow them to wander as you have in the past. You do have free choice in this and in everything, as I have often discussed. I cannot go on. I have to travel to Kremenchug, as I told you. Don't worry about everything that you have to give back. This is also for the best. I hope to God that you will soon get a new talent, and along with it, a renewed determination to begin afresh in your service of God. Put your pain behind you. God will not abandon you for the sake of the Rebbe, in whose name we call. The words of your father, who waits to rejoice in your eternal salvation. Nussan, the same. Reb Nussan's letters, year two. Letter number 242. For God's kindnesses are renewed every day, as we have discussed a great deal with God's help. By looking for God's kindnesses in this way, a person can find the strength to pour out his heart to God even now, and to fully express himself before Him. For when a person sees for himself how very far he is from complete salvation, because of his unworthy deeds, which have distanced him from God so very, very much, from the day he was born until now, and when nonetheless he strengthens himself through these hints that the whole world is full of his glory, and that God is still with him, and with many other types of life-giving encouragement, this is precisely the way that he may come to express himself to him. A soul which is hungry, thirsty, exhausted, and drained of strength will find good through these amazing, awesome, true, and powerful hints until God in his kindness gives speech to the speechless and literally opens the mouths of the dumb and creates fruits of the lips. Then a person can open his mouth and unreservedly speak about all his needs and express himself to God. However much he fortifies himself, God fortifies him many, many times more, since the measure of good is always greater. Thus, this cyclical movement in the direction of good continues until one merits to draw close to God. Nonetheless, every day, and sometimes many times in one day, it is necessary for a person to fortify himself anew and to remember the traces left from all the times when he marshaled his inner strength in the past. In this way, God will save him every time. Only strengthen yourself determinedly. It is impossible to explain all this exactly, but a person who wants the truth will glean for himself many good hints from all this until he merits not to be a shlemazelnik, God forbid. Rather, 
he will be a valiant, vigilant, and stalwart warrior, and firm in his conviction to have a share in the dominion of holiness. Then he will draw forth livelihood and wealth, and merit the illumination of desire when he eats. And this is what sustains a person's knowledge, as I have discussed with God's help. The words of your father and true eternal friend, Nasan of Breslov. Shemot HaTzadikim Al HaChatumim Nechemia HaTirshata Ben Chachalia Tzirkia Saraya Azaria Yirmia Pashchur Amaria Malkia Chatush Shevanya Maluch Charim Meremot Ovadia Daniel Ginton Baruch Meshulam Avia Miamin Maazia Vilgai Shemaya Ela HaKohanim, Ahalavim, Yeshua Ben Azania, Binoi, Mibnei Chainadad, Kadmiel, Shivanya, Hodia, Klita, Palaya, Chanan, Micha, Rehov, Chashavia, Zakur, Sherevia, Shivanya, Hodia, Vani, Beninu, Rashe Ha'am, Parosh Pachat Moav, Elam, Zatu, Bani, Buni, Azgad, Bevai, Adonia, Vigvai, Adin, Ater, Chizkia, Azur, Hodia, Chashum, Beitzai, Harif, Anatod, Nevai, Magpiash, Meshulam, Chezir, Meshezavel, Tzadok, Yadua, Palatia, Hanan, Anaya, Hoshea, Hanania, Chashuv, Halochesh, Pilcha, Shovek, Rechum, Chashavna, Maasea, Achia, Hanan, Anan, Maluch, Harim, Ba'ana. Nussan's Prayers 1, Prayer number 12. Hashem, how can I approach you after all the love and kindness you have shown me? You have given us the Torah of truth and planted eternal life among us. The kindness you have shown us is for all eternity. Hashem, arouse your love for me, just as you had mercy on us and lovingly gave us your holy Torah, that hidden treasure, that daily joy. So now help me and bring me to constantly immerse myself in Torah study for its own sake. Let me pay no attention whatsoever to the vanities of this world. Let my only desire be for your Torah. Let me meditate on your Torah day and night. Let me conduct all my studies in holiness and purity, and let my only motive be to study for the sake of your great and holy name, and to cause you delight. Bring me to study, teach, guard, practice, and fulfill all the teachings of your Torah in love. Let the light of the holy Torah shine upon me. Let my study and contemplation of the Torah take me from darkness to light, and bring me to repent and come to perfect teshuvah. As our sages said, the radiance of the Torah has the power to bring people back to good. Please, Hashem, let my Torah study be an elixir of life. Let my learning bring me back to you in genuine, perfect teshuva. Let it restore my youth like the eagle and give me back the times I have spent in such intense darkness. From now on, Let the merit and power of the Holy Torah shield me and protect me from every kind of sin and transgression and from all wrongdoing, both when I am actually engaged in my studies and at times when I have to interrupt them. 
Let the merit and power of the Torah give me constant protection and save me from every kind of sin and wrongdoing, just as you have informed us through your holy sages who said that the Torah protects and shields both while one is engaged in it and at times when one is not. Let my Torah study bring a flow of holiness and purity into me, and from now on, let me sanctify and purify myself the way you want me to, for my own good. Please, God of love, have pity on me and on all your people Israel. We have fallen very low at this time, and we have no one to help or support us. The enemy's hand is ever stronger, and there is no one to lead us and save us. We have nothing to vitalize and uplift our downtrodden souls except the study of your Torah, whose holiness, purity, and perfection enlightens all eyes and restores the soul. You have promised us in the Torah that even at this time, at the end of days, despite the intensity of the concealment within the concealment, when the very fact of God's concealment is itself hidden from us, even then the Torah will not be forgotten. It will not cease to be heard from our mouths and the mouths of our children and descendants. It is written, I will surely hide my face from them. A concealment within a concealment. And this song, the Torah, will give testimony before the people as a witness, for it will not be forgotten from the mouths of their descendants. Well, the first part of the prophecy, I will surely hide, has already come true. You have hidden yourself from us behind countless veils upon veils, as you know, Hashem. Arouse your great love for us, and have mercy on us. Do not hide your face from us anymore. Turn to us, be kind to us, and shine your face upon us. Fulfill your holy promise to us that this song, the Torah, will give testimony before the people as a witness, for it will not be forgotten from the mouth of their descendants. It will not cease to be heard on our lips. Loving God, help us learn and meditate on your holy Torah constantly, day and night, in holiness and purity, both us, our children, and our children's children. And don't let us ever forget the Torah. Don't let the Torah ever cease to be heard from our mouths or the mouths of our descendants. Let the prophecy of Isaiah be fulfilled in us. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says Hashem. My spirit which is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, will not depart from your mouth or the mouth of your children or and your children's children, says Hashem, from now and forever. Through our study of the Holy Torah, help us come back to you in sincere teshuva and repent for all our many sins and transgressions and rebellions. From now on, let us carry out everything the Torah teaches in love. Connection with the Tzaddik through intense Torah study. Arouse your love for me. Shine your Holy Spirit upon me. Bring me to learn Torah, both the written and the oral Torah, with such holy intensity that when I am studying, I will have the power to connect my soul with the soul of the Tzaddik who first revealed the teaching or law that I am learning. Help me come to the level of spiritual communion that is referred to as kissing. Let me attach my soul to the soul of the tzaddik with such intimacy that it will be as if I am kissing the tzaddik or the tana who first revealed this teaching. May my study give the tzaddik or the tana profound pleasure. Let me cause the tana or tzaddik supreme delight by studying his words in extreme holiness. 
so that even there in the grave, his very lips will be gently whispering. And by studying the Torah in great holiness and purity, let me lift the Shekhinah up from the dust and out of exile.